You're listening to Lozano Smith's podcast, where we discuss important changes in the law and legal decisions that affect public agencies. Hi, and welcome to the Lozano Smith podcast. I'm Joshua Whiteside, senior counsel from the firm San Luis Obispo office and student practice group co-leader. This is an addendum to episode 51, which was focused on student vaccines and student mask mandates and related litigation. This episode is going to be an addendum, a part B, if you will, to that episode 51. Again, that episode was recorded on February 15th, 2022, and since then we've seen a flurry of changes regarding the rules for masks at schools, and we're going to talk about those changes related to students and staff that have occurred. Uh, But first, I just want to mention that we have a brief update to one of the cases involved in the discussion from last episode. And also with me today is Sloan Simmons, our litigation practice group co-leader and partner in our Sacramento office. Welcome, Sloan. Thank you, Josh. And so the update that I'd like to talk about is on one of the vaccine litigation cases. We talked about two cases in our last podcast in relation to San Diego Unified and what was at at when the litigation was initiated in those cases, the local requirement San Diego. This is about the federal case in particular, which involved a student who challenged the district's then existing vaccine requirement on the basis that it did not have religious exemptions. If our listeners recall, that case went up to the Ninth Circuit, which issued an initial stay of San Diego's vaccine requirement on the basis that there weren't religious exemptions, but the district was granting exemptions to pregnant students and the Ninth Circuit indicated that if San Diego dropped that pregnancy exemption, that it would lift its stay. San Diego acted quickly. It did drop the pregnancy exemption, and therefore the Ninth Circuit lifted its stay uh, and also issued a, an extensive order with rationale, finding that the absence of religious exemption in San Diego's vaccine requirement was not unlawful and therefore uh, permitted that uh, policy to move forward. As we talked in our last podcast, the facts on the ground have changed in San Diego, and at this point there isn't immediate implementation, and implementation has been delayed on that requirement for students. But the development in litigation is that in that Ninth Circuit case, the student had also sought an immediate stay by the Supreme Court, and in the alternative, asked the Supreme Court to issue a writ of certiorari pending the ultimate determination of the merits in that case and a stay while that was ongoing. As of just a few weeks ago, shortly after we recorded our podcast, uh, the original version here, on February 18th, the Supreme Court denied the emergency application for a stay and also determined to deny the request for a writ of certiorari before judgment and a stay pending the case, cases adjudication down in the district court. So all that is to say is that on the individual student challenge to the prior vaccine requirement for San Diego Unified, as we look back in time to the the fall and December of 2021, to the extent there was an attempt to get the Supreme Court to stay uh, the requirement and otherwise uh, get involved in that case. The Supreme Court has denied those requests 
largely driven by the fact that uh, San Diego Unified has determined to delay implementation of its policy at this point, and they have not otherwise settled on what that policy will look like when they do, if they do, decide to, to implement it. And so that is a, a very brief update on the John Doe versus San Diego Unified federal vaccine litigation um, following up on our, our earlier podcast. Now, Josh, I, that, that's the litigation piece. Um, there's also a lot of other, perhaps even more important developments on the ground when it comes to masking, right? Well, let's go to um, talk about the changes that we have seen uh, really in the last five days uh, on that issue. So I'm currently recording this podcast on March 1st, 2022 in the mid-afternoon. And um, so any guidance or any updates that happen after this date, you know, you will want to consider the impact of those changes to what I'm about to tell you uh, is the status of mass at schools right now. So we have on Friday, February 25th, 2022, a release of new guidance from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, which talked about COVID-19 community levels. Uh, this new guidance document is basically assigning a every U.S. county in the nation a one of three tier levels, either low, medium, or high, uh, based on the impact of COVID-19 on that community. And this is looking at case rates, it's looking at hospitalizations, um, looking at deaths, and so it's going to be evaluating all of those in that county and then assigning it the, either a low, medium, or high tier. Now, those tiers are important because what CDC is recommending in terms of prevention and mitigation strategies uh, changes depending on which tier your community is in. And so these strategies are, are not just you know, community-based or community-led strategies, but also uh, things that they're recommending that individuals and households try to implement themselves uh, on their own when you're at home um, or when you're out and about around town. So this guidance document is a significant departure from what we saw recommended uh, prior to this guidance document. So previously, CDC guidance had recommended, regardless of the level of COVID in your community, regardless of the case rate, that all individuals wear masks in public K-12 schools indoors, uh, regardless of vaccination status. This new guidance document only recommends that that be the case when the COVID-19 community level is high. Um, that being said, the guidance does build in a couple caveats that they're still recommending that individuals in low or medium COVID-19 community level tiers wear masks if they themselves develop symptoms, have a positive COVID-19 test, were exposed to someone with COVID-19, are in a household or have social contact with someone at high risk for the severe disease, or as directed by a healthcare provider. So that uh, is, a, is a significant shift in terms of when they're recommending that universal masking occur in schools. But keep in mind, of course, that CDC's guidance here in this particular instance is not mandatory legal authority for California school districts. Instead, it's maybe persuasive, or it could be argued to be essentially an expert opinion in this field of COVID-19 prevention and mitigation strategies. In other words, it could be seen as best practice in your community. CDPH, the California Department of Public Health, made a slightly different announcement on February 28th, uh, again, yesterday as of the date of this recording, 
uh, and announced that there would be an end to the student face mask mandate that would occur as of essentially midnight, March 11th, 2022. So at the end of the day, 11.59, the stroke before midnight on, on March 11th, um, that that mask mandate will end. So operationally, this means that the first day of the first school day with masks no longer legally required for students to wear uh, would take place on March 14th, Monday, March 14th, 2022. Well, since that announcement was given, the governor last night issued a new executive order, N-5-22. And this executive order modifies one of two important provisions regarding employee face masks in Cal OSHA's emergency temporary standards. You may recall that these emergency temporary standards were recently revised in December and that they took effect on January 14th earlier this year. Now, these emergency temporary standards, there are specific sections that were added to the California Code of Regulations, Title VIII. Specifically here, we're talking about Section 3205. Uh, and again, it had two provisions regarding employee face masks that are important to consider here related to this executive order. And the executive order, what it did is it suspended the requirement for all unvaccinated in employees to wear face coverings when indoors or in vehicles. What remains, though, after this executive order is a separate requirement that employees wear face coverings when required to by orders of the CDPH. So let's go back to that CDPH announcement we talked about with the student mask end date of March 11th, 2022. While we had initially looked for uh, where that guidance or that announcement rather was codified and we looked to the K-12 schools guidance, but note that there is no change to the K-12 schools guidance online. Um, instead, we see a change that is made to the more general guidance document uh, that is usually uh, provided for all members of the community of, of California here, uh, the guidance for the use of face masks uh, that CDPH has. It's separate from the K-12 schools guidance. Um, and what this new um, revision says to this guidance document is that masks are required for all individuals in the following indoor settings regardless of vaccination status. And it mentions indoors in K-12 schools through March 11th, 2022, and indefinitely on public transit. So that use of the word individuals uh, definitely would apply to both students and staff. And so essentially what we have here is that indoors in K-12 schools, because of this CDPH order, it requires that students and staff wear masks indoors uh, through March 11th, 2022. And then, of course, we have a question about public transit. Does that public transit and the indefinite nature of that mask requirement, does that include school buses? Well, to answer that question, we have to go back in time all the way to January 2021 when President Biden issued an executive order directing the CDC to take action to implement public health measures related to domestic travel. CDC subsequently issued an order later that month requiring the wearing of face masks by individuals on public transit, including school buses. CDPH and the California Department of Education have since interpreted that order to also apply to California school buses. But last Friday, in addition to their new guidance on COVID-19 community levels, 
CDC also released a statement saying that effective that day of February 25th, uh, that CDC is exercising its enforcement discretion to not require that people wear masks on buses operated by school systems. So it seems like, based off of that, that the masks on school buses are no longer required. However, there's a little bit more ambiguity because, again, that revision to the guidance on face masks that was issued by CDPH still says that masks are required on public transit indefinitely. So we have the CDC order referencing public transit, and CDC is now saying no longer required. But CDPH is using the same terminology, right, public transit, um, and is not clearly distinguishing whether or not there uh, are masks that are still required to be on school buses. We note that there is uh, some old guidance um, in the K-12 schools guidance FAQ number four, uh, that references that the CDPH's own face covering guidance at the time that it was, in the form that it was at the time that that FAQ was released, um, required that everyone wear masks on school buses in addition to the requirement that was part of that CDC order. So uh, right now, it, things are a little bit unclear on school buses, and we do understand the water cooler talk around the office here is that there are some messages that are being sent to individual school districts throughout the state regarding this issue, indicating that uh, likely it'll be an interpretation that follows the CDC order. However, um, we are expecting to see a redraft of the K-12 schools guidance FAQ any day now um, that would hopefully clarify this issue on school buses. But what is clear is that indoors in K-12 schools from now until March 11th, 2022, employees and students are required to wear face masks regardless of vaccination status. Once we get past that date, then it is up to each individual local educational agency whether or not they want to continue that, those mandates. And that might depend on potentially uh, labor partner MOUs. Uh, it might depend on your COVID-19 safety plan, which should be updated to reflect the change in the legal requirements, or it could be based off of a previous board resolution or board action related to, to face coverings. And one other thing that uh, local educational agencies need to consider when they're planning on either ending the mask mandate or continuing it beyond March 11th is whether there's still going to be any local county health department rules that will be in place at that date. Um, we are starting to see some counties remove their states of emergencies and winding back their restrictions and their requirements for counties, um, but you'll still want to double check what the rules are as March 11th gets closer. So please reach out to your local health departments to uh, figure out kind of what their game plan is for the rest of this month. So we encourage our districts to reach out to legal counsel to talk through uh, what they need to do to reflect the change in legal requirements and clearly communicate what is expected of families on March 14th, 2022. Of course, if you are a, an agency that is looking to move faster than CDPH's end date to remove the face mask mandate, uh, then you'll want to consult with legal counsel on that decision process as well. Of course, uh, because this mask mandate is now going away and because CDC's recommendation is, is a bit different than CDPH's strong recommendation for uh, masking to, be, to continue to be worn, 
my students in K-12 school settings. Um, we do think that if you are going to mandate mass as a requirement beyond CDPH's designated end date, that you also reach out to legal counsel and talk through uh, that decision as well. So hopefully this has been a helpful insight into those changes uh, as a quick update and addendum to our previous episode 51. And uh, we again, we encourage you to visit our podcast page at lazanasmith.com forward slash podcast to find links and additional details to the topics and guidance documents that were mentioned today. Please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode, including a little helpful mini episode like this addendum was. Uh, Until next time, for Sloan and myself, please take care. If you have any questions about this topic, please contact the hosts of this episode or an attorney at any of our eight offices throughout California. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the information contained in this podcast is necessarily general, its application to a particular set of facts and circumstances may vary. For this reason, this podcast does not constitute legal advice. We recommend that you consult with your counsel prior to acting on the information you heard.